0: Hello, and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Tian Yu. Coming up in this edition, Hamas says it is close to reaching a truce with Israel. China's ambassador to the UN has called on the Security Council to address the root causes of the world's conflicts. And Air China has resumed flights between Beijing and Washington. We start with the latest developments in the Palestine-Israel conflict. The chief of Hamas says the group is close to reaching a truce with Israel. Ismail Haniya made the remarks on Tuesday on social media site Telegram. This came after 12 people were killed at a Gaza hospital encircled by Israeli tanks. Gaza's health officials say 700 patients and staff were under Israeli fire at the Indonesian hospital in the enclave's northeast. Palestinian media say the hospital was hit by artillery rounds. Israel says its troops fired back at fighters, and try to minimize harm to non combatants The Palestinian side has so far reported over 13,000 deaths, while Israel's tally is around 1,200. Isabel Deber has more.
1: Palestinian health authorities say that Israeli shells crashed into the Indonesian hospital in northern Gaza, killing 12 people and wounding dozens more. Doctors I spoke to in the Indonesian hospital said they heard heavy fighting echoing just outside the hospital walls, and that Israeli tanks were actually surrounding the entire facility. We actually recently received word from the International Committee of the Red Cross that they successfully evacuated 200 badly wounded patients and their relatives to the southern Gaza Strip. But that still means that 400 staff, doctors, and more patients and their relatives are still stranded in the Indonesian hospital that has come under siege and has been surrounded by Israeli forces. Now, this is the latest hospital to come under attack and to be forcibly evacuated by the Israeli army during this war, as Israel accuses Hamas of using hospitals as cover for militant activities, while Palestinians accuse the Israeli military of relentlessly firing and targeting civilian infrastructure. Now we've also seen heavy fighting in central Gaza as well as intense Israeli airstrikes hit two densely populated refugee camps, Burj refugee camp and Nuseirat refugee camp. In these strikes over 100 Palestinians were killed in just a few minutes. So the Hamas militant group announced that it fired a barrage of rockets at Tel Aviv in Israel. And there were no impacts, there were no casualties. And if this were the beginning of the war, when Hamas was firing hundreds of rockets a day, this would not have even made the news. But this time, this was the first time that Hamas actually fired rockets in at least a few days since last Friday. And so what this shows is that Israel's efforts to wipe out Hamas capabilities and rocket launch sites has been picking up pace. And succeeding, but it also shows that Hamas still has rockets in its arsenal.
0: That was Isabel Deber reporting. Gaza's largest hospital has transferred 28 premature babies to a facility in Egypt. Israel earlier seized Al Shifa Hospital to search for what it said was an underground tunnel network used by Hamas. The World Health Organization says all evacuated newborns were fighting serious infections. Noor Harazin has more from Gaza.
2: Well, after days of waiting, the doctors here in Gaza managed to evacuate premature babies from the Ashifa hospital to the Emirati hospital in uh, Rafah. And from there, they were uh, transferred to Egypt to get uh, treatment there. The number of premature babies inside the Ashifa hospital a week ago was 38 premature babies. However, some of them died inside the Ashifa hospital while the Ashifa hospital was besieged by the Israeli troops and some died on the way to uh, Rafah border. However, happily now, of course, the uh, premature babies were uh, transferred to Egypt because even though if they evacuated the Ashifa hospital, they cannot be transferred to other hospitals here in Gaza because of the lack of uh, fuel and electricity so actually the hospitals the other hospitals here in gaza cannot provide for these uh, babies uh, now also ashifa hospital is a closed uh, israeli uh, military uh, base there is actually patients still gazan patients inside the ashifa hospital however uh, doctors cannot uh, contact with them as uh, the uh, israeli forces cut all connections and of course banning anyone from uh, entering.
0: That was Noah Harazin in Gaza. At the United Nations, China's UN ambassador has called on the Security Council to effectively address the root causes of conflicts around the world. Zhang Jun made the remarks as China chaired a signature debate on Monday focused on promoting sustainable peace through common development. Jody Jacobs reports from New York.
3: According to China, many regional conflicts today are directly linked to the inadequate development, which it says is often a result of extreme poverty, a lack of jobs, and poor infrastructure. And while the Chinese ambassador reiterated the need to promote peace through development, he too had this to say about ongoing conflicts.
0: We have taken note that some countries using democracy and human rights as pretexts blatantly interfere in the internal affairs of other states and even impose governance models on others. Such practices have led to protracted unrest in some regions as well as a surge in cross-border refugees and migrants and ultimately backfired on the perpetrators themselves. States have different national conditions, as well as historical and cultural contexts. We must fully respect the right of each country to choose its own development
3: path, and support each country in choosing a governance model that accords with its national conditions. Also in attendance at Monday's gathering was the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres. He says there is a pattern playing out across the world, saying the closer a country is to conflict, the farther it is from sustainable and inclusive development. Inequalities and lack of opportunities, decent jobs and freedom can breed frustration and raise the specter of violence and instability. Weak institutions and corruption increase the risk of conflict. Climate chaos and environmental degradation are further crisis multipliers. But the African countries and the Council were quite vocal about promoting sustainable peace through development. The representative of Ghana says investing in development, especially in Africa, should not just be talk, but it should be action. Several other speakers and the council on Monday reiterated the need for better financing for developing countries, with the United Arab Emirates saying the council cannot expect peace if the world does not invest in it.
0: That was Jody Jacobs in New York. The Arab and Islamic foreign ministers have chosen China as the first stop on their agenda to de-escalate the Palestine-Israel conflict. They had a meeting with the Chinese foreign minister on Monday in Beijing. Associate Professor Wang Jing of the Institute of Middle East Studies at Northwest University in Xi'an says this goes to show that China's active role in keeping the peace is widely acknowledged
4: i think china's role is very important and has already been widely praised and accepted by not by both islamic states and also arab states because uh, after the war uh, china uh, voiced several times on different occasions that uh, the ceasefire are highly urgently needed uh, and the peace should be restored uh, immediately between the Israelis and the Palestinians and also China voiced the very urgent humanitarian assistance and aids to the Gaza Strip of the local Palestinians there should be organized immediately to help pacify the tension in the region. So actually China's voices are widely welcomed by the regional countries including both Islamic states as well as uh, the Arab states. And meanwhile China as uh, a member of the United Nations Security they cancel China has been always upholding the principle of the so-called two-state solutions uh, to uh, to seek the settlements uh, possible settlements of the longer term and well as a just a peace between israel and Palestinians so that is why China was chosen by the delegation from Islamic states and Arab states as the first destination and also I think China will continually uh, continue to contribute a larger uh, a larger uh, role in the future for the peace process between the Israelis and the Palestinians together with both israelis Islamic States and also the Arab States.
0: That was Associate Professor Wang Jing of the Institute of Middle East Studies at Northwest University in Xi'an. Turning to the China-U.S. ties, Air China has resumed flights between Beijing and Washington. Direct passenger services between the two national capitals are now available for the first time after the COVID-19 pandemic. You Yang takes a closer look from Beijing Capital International Airport.
5: The flight number CA-817 operates twice a week, with the return leg like CA-818 making a stop over in Los Angeles. Well, since the easing of the COVID-19 pandemic, the resumption of flights between China and the United States has been closely monitored. According to the Civil Aviation Administration of China, during the 2023-2024 winter and spring flight season, the number of regular passenger flights between China and the United States expected to increase from the 48 per week to 70, providing greater convenience for personnel and economic and trade exchanges between the two sides. And earlier we talked to some of the international passengers on how they feel about the resumption.
2: I think the direct flight is very convenient. Before, it took me around 20 hours to travel from Beijing to Washington D.C. and I need to make a stopover at other cities. Now, with the direct flight, it takes me only 13 to 14 hours to travel to Washington, D.C.
4: If we have a direct flight now to Germany, it's very, let's say, close to Poland. Maybe you still don't have uh, direct flights to Poland, yeah, but uh, I believe uh, to Germany is still very convenient for us uh, to travel like this, yeah.
5: This is echoed with Chinese President Xi Jinping's words when he meeting with the U.S. President Joe Biden during the APEC summit, and he said he increased the two sides to increase people-to-people exchanges and also that's increase increasing tourism and adding dialogue, especially in the uh, in the increasing the flight sector, and also as we mentioned, that will increase the frequent exchanges between the two sides. We have also seen that China will increase a flight from Beijing to San to San Francisco, well, starting from November thirty and. Another airlines from China, Hainan Airlines, is going to resume from Beijing to Boston starting from November 26. At the same time, China Southern Airlines and China Eastern Airlines will also start to resume uh, flights between China and the United States.
0: That was Yo Yang reporting. Finally, in North America, hundreds of staff at OpenAI, the company behind the hugely popular ChatGPD chatbot, have threatened to quit after co-founder and CEO Sam Altman was fired on Friday. He was then hired by Microsoft to lead a new AI research team. Mark Neal has more
6: on the dramatic developments that have shaken the tech world. It's been a whirlwind of drama over the past few days at OpenAI, the San Francisco nonprofit research organization that also has a for-profit subsidiary. It was only about a year ago that OpenAI introduced the world to ChatGPT, a generative AI chatbot that can answer questions, write speeches and papers, and much more with just a simple command prompt. CEO Sam Altman actually appeared at the Apex CEO Summit on Thursday, November 16th, where he talked about how generative AI will be the most transformative and beneficial technology humanity has yet invented. He gave no indication trouble was brewing. Then on Friday, OpenAI published a blog announcing Altman's dismissal. The blog said the board conducted a deliberative review process, which concluded Altman was not consistently candid in his communications with the board and that the board no longer has confidence in his ability to continue to lead. Then on Saturday, the news site The Information reported that OpenAI's chief strategy officer wrote a memo to employees that things were optimistic that Altman would return to the company. But on Sunday, that all changed. Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella announced he had hired Altman to lead a new advanced AI research team at Microsoft. Microsoft is a major financial backer of OpenAI. In fact, on November 6th, Nadella made a surprise appearance on stage with Altman at OpenAI's Developer Day. As for OpenAI, when Altman was dismissed, they made CTO Mira Murati the company's interim leader. But that has changed too. And now former Twitch CEO Emmett shear has been named as OpenAI's new interim CEO. That means OpenAI has had its third CEO in three days. So many questions remain like, how will key backer Microsoft continue to work with OpenAI now that it's hired its former boss who left in a very embarrassing fashion? Altman still has plenty of support within OpenAI, so how would those employees feel about working under the new administration? After all, many of those employees are considered some of the brightest minds in the generative AI field. That was Mark Neal reporting. Recapping
0: today's headlines, Hamas says it is close to reaching a truce with Israel. China's ambassador to the UN has called on the Security Council to address the root causes of the world's conflicts. And air China has resumed flights between Beijing and Washington. And that's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Tian Yu. Thank you for listening.